Welcome to my podcast, The Awaken Life Project. My name is Monica Matea and I'm transformational health and life coach, helping professional and ambitious people to step into their life with amazing health, clarity and purpose. The Awaken Life Project has been born out of the dream to create legacy and inspire hundreds of people to fulfill their potential using not only scientific mindset tools that work, but intuition too. My dream is for you to connect with your body, mind and spirit on the level you have not yet explored. So are you ready? Hello and welcome to the next episode of my podcast. Should be on Monday, but it's going to be, well, late Monday, I hope, because I'm still recording this here now on Monday. And I spent really good time in April. I travel quite a bit. And actually, recently, I came back from Scotland, from Edinburgh. And I'm absolutely in love with the city because there is so like the old town is like a dream of the historian and a dream of a person who actually likes taking the photographs of old buildings because they are all in one place because the city itself is very well organized so the old town is all together and at the at the at the top you have a castle which is beautiful and it's lighted up in the in, in the evening and it looks really amazing and when you go down is the Scottish Parliament and the um on the Holyrood, which is obviously the uh Queen or King um Scotland residence. And um then you can visit like a kind of a Scottish pub, <laughs> Buckingham Palace, but of course it's it's smaller but also beautiful. I, w- I was not inside, but uh we definitely walked up and down the Royal Mile. And we visited so many different things. So I definitely, definitely recommend going to Scotland. I absolutely love it. And then I came back and unfortunately um, didn't feel well for a few days. Uh, I think overall the weather is as expected at this time of the, in Scotland. It's not going to be, you know, warm. It was a bit of a drizzle, but on one day it was really, really cold. And I think maybe because of that, I... Um, I got really cold and I know when my body gets cold it's not good right so you need to warm up and because we were quite outside it's probably when it happened but today I want to talk about uh, first of all I celebrated my birthday which was really really good and I also celebrated um, we celebrated the coronation of the king and I know there's a lot of controversies uh, so I'm not going to talk about that it's not podcast about that yet I'm very much into history and tradition but I'm really looking forward um, and it's very interesting times we live in and everyone is on edge when it comes to spending money and especially if this is of on something that like that right and because this money could be spent on something else and um, I read comments online about it um, and and of course it, it is a little bit out of place and out of touch uh, for many people but there are a lot of um, British people who actually love it love the tradition and love the history love the royal family and especially I mean the, the massive kudos to the armed forces was it unless some of the things unnecessary yes I think so but the ceremony itself was slimmed down anyway but I leave it for another time uh, I'm reading quite a bit because I'm very interested 
what's the future for um, British monarchy. And there was the um, BBC, there is a good documentary um, comparing the monarchy in Europe, um, especially like Nordic countries, and with the monarchy here in Britain and uh, how both, I guess, can learn. Very interesting if you are into it. But I'm interested to, well, what future is going to bring. Okay, but today's episode is really about, you know, a diagnosis, um, about something that uh, you go to the doctor and the doctor says, um, by the way, uh, we've discovered this and unfortunately this is the result. And I wanted to talk about, so what kind of, what steps you can take for yourself now, obviously, there is a difference between, well, having a diagnosis for cancer, which is quite, quite scary. Obviously, it depends um, what stage it is and how you feel overall. And a difference, for example, between um, like having the pre-diabetes diagnosis. But I, I'm going to talk about that lighter diagnosis when you are in a place to do something about it which is really about making the changes in the lifestyle because um, pre-diabetic diagnosis, there isn't, um, there isn't medication you can take for it. Uh, what you need to do is um, obviously, uh, first of all, you may get the blood results and they may call you in, the doctor may call you in or call you on the phone and say, listen, this is what the result is. And hopefully he or she will discuss the options with you. But I coached in public health in England here in UK. And um, and that wasn't the case for many patients, which was really hard to hear. Because quite often where either didn't even hear the result from their doctors. Sometimes they heard the results from their nurses. Um, but But quite often they didn't get an idea what they should do or they got a like a booklet and of course when you get the diagnosis it is very you know kind of sad and maybe you'll be um, disappointed and a lot of my patients when I was coaching for NHS actually experienced that kind of um, like guilt and shame that it happened to them first of all surprise and shock because quite often the diagnosis comes unexpectedly because they were actually not feeling great or they were ha- having something else and by by the way or just as part of overall checkup that was discovered so for many many patients it was a surprise and of course when you hear it a lot of people are surprised and shocked and don't know what to do Normally the people, um, but of course it depends on the circumstances, but normally you should hear at least a few things what you can do. There's a lot of resources out there for you to reach out and check. So I'm not going to go through a lot of resources what you can check. However, I will point out to obviously my um, website, uh, reverse diabetes naturally because there is a video when I'm uh, where I'm explaining what you could do and you have like the most uh, commonly asked questions so you can check that out um, but first of all really sit down with yourself and it's all about mental resilience and how you feel because quite often a lot of people throw themselves into doing something 
quite often people don't know where to start and what to do. So they go to YouTube and Dr. Google, right? And there will be so much information out there that people really are overwhelmed because when I started to coach, what happened is that a lot of people... Um, had a lot of information they just didn't know where to start but when you go to this big big um, place as internet and you start searching for something usually people like search for pre-diabetic condition what is it how to do something about it they will get so much information right so in the first instance I always say see what your nurse or doctor's tells you and also what they give you because quite often they will give you a booklet which will have a reliable website information where you can go for information right and then really sit down and think with yourself how do you feel about it right how because and and don't expect to be cheerful it it it, it can be a scary day for you right so i always encourage um when obviously that stage is appropriate for the patients I always say like sit down and write a few words sentences about how you're feeling so that you can get it out of your head because when you have a lot of um, thoughts in your head you suddenly uh, lose the kind of uh, understanding what is really what is really my reality what is what is the fact and what is the story I'll make up because quite often the stories go in our head like oh I should have done this or I wasn't careful with sugar I wasn't careful with this or maybe this is the cake I overate or or maybe it could be other way around oh I can't understand I do exercise I do look after myself I don't understand this result right this could be quite common as well and this is very common sometimes with cancers like people really look after themselves and still they have that diagnosis and they don't completely understand don't understand why and I think that's part of the question is that the reason um, like I, I don't first of all I always say you cannot feel guilty or shame about yourself because it's not a good place to start with your journey to health right if you start beating yourself up and depriving yourself from everything that you like you're going to hate the whole journey and you're not going to be in a good mental state to actually go through these ups and downs of the journey right so I never recommend that but obviously it's our human condition to actually first of all go and ask ourselves and blame ourselves for everything and then we turn to the environment and we blame other people because they don't support us or we blame just really have that really um, shame and guilt within us that we should have been careful that we should have made the changes and therefore Uh, we have been somehow punished with it and that unfortunately is not something um, good to start with right so I remember when I was um, diagnosed I had no idea about the coaching about how I should really process these feelings and anything like I was 17 my adulthood has just started and honestly um, I didn't know how to deal with it right uh, so I didn't, to be honest. I'll, I'll I'll talk about that in a minute. But generally, I was like, "What do you, what 
what are you saying to me? And that were the times when the mental health was non-existent. You were, or that kind of awareness around the mental health. It's like, you have a diagnosis, you have to cope with it. And this is what you can do. There isn't anything about you what you can, can do still, but what you can do. So the whole list of things you can't eat, you can't do this, you have to be careful. And it was the time when I had vials and needles and all of that um, to deal with. I didn't have insulin pens, I didn't have insulin palms, I had to like prick my fingers many, many times a day. It was just like terrible, but I had to survive. And I must say, in my younger years, when I was a student, I really didn't care. I don't, how I survived, I have no idea. But of course, I was measuring my sugar, making sure it's not going too low. Probably was high many, many times. Because you couldn't understand why I suddenly have to do this. And diabetes likes routine. Diabetes likes a certain life, I would say, hygiene. And mental hygiene, for sure, as we know now from stress. And I didn't know and wasn't equipped at all. And I actually, with my diagnosis, I landed in the hospital because my sugar levels were so, so, so high and I lost so much weight and my hair was falling out. I was just like, ugh. they told me, Monica, you have to go to hospital right now because it's so bad and they and they need to give you a lot of insulin to get that under control. So I spent a week um, in the hospital and then, um, you know, the the cause of my of me losing a lot of weight, not really having energy, no matter what I eat, and massive thirst because I was diagnosed with type one diabetes, massive thirst. Um, I didn't really know what's what's going on, so um, they had to take me to the hospital so that I can <clears throat> really start functioning because it was not far away from me, actually, um, not being on the surf anymore because it was really terrible. So, um, yeah, so it's not really nice when at the age of 17 you hear the diagnosis and you suddenly have to have deal with needles and, and vials and injections and checking your blood sugar levels and then you can't eat this and that and you feel like your life, uh, like a free life has <laughs> almost finished, right? Because you have to look after all of this. So it wasn't the great time. Then obviously I got used to and start living with it. And over the time it got easier and easier because I learned how to do things. And now I have insulin pump, which is basically attached to my body. It's very small. Um, I have a sensor, so I measure my sugars uh, continuously. Um, but I'm struggling with other things like um, hormonal changes, like I've celebrated 45th birthday. And I must say that my health is could be better, right? So I'm definitely putting the, the, the half of this year more and more and more emphasis on my health. I want to make sure that I start lifting weights. I go for a walk more regularly. Um, I swim and all of the other things. Um, I feel okay, but I know that I could feel fitter. And I was reading an article about if I want to, for example, be stronger in my, I don't know, 70s and 80s, I have to now lift certain amount of weight and I have to do certain things. And to be honest, I don't do them. And I, or I don't do them enough to be able to really be healthy in my older age. 
So um, definitely this is what I will be focusing on for um, the rest of this year and definitely learning a lot about diabetes and hopefully helping people when they get um, pre-diabetic, pre-diabetic condition um, to help them to with you know nutrition but first of all also with this mental health and the mental resilience to actually first of all deal with the diagnosis because it's definitely not the end of the world and also finish that kind of um, understanding that um, maybe from their side that they are somehow to blame for it you know Um, I, I, I must say that I've never blamed myself because I didn't really do anything in my in when I was 17 I was basically I had a cold and I think the cold triggered autoimmune response and unfortunately uh, that was it but I've asked questions many many times why why me none of my cousins actually have it um, and nobody else in the family has type 1 diabetes apart from my pa- my dad had type 2, his dad had type 2, you know, so there were people who had type 2 but nobody really has type 1 and as far as I know, so it seemed very, very unfair that why me and I was always a healthy person, I never had health problems, I never had health issues, really um, a healthy child overall and at this stage, this is what I got. And I felt that is not fair. And I think there are a lot of people who feel like that. This diagnosis is not fair. I don't deserve it, right? I don't want it. Um, and then obviously they blame themselves that they have done something. But I would say that our body is very complex uh, machine, <laughs> if I can say that so. Um, obviously, I my kind of faith my kind of understanding of what I'm going through I take it through the the faith lens Uh, I believe in God and I just believe that actually suffering is part of our being and no matter how bad it is and no matter how unfair it is there is a sense uh, to certain well there is a sense in suffering and when we understand it and accept it we start we stop fighting with ourselves and with the world but we really focus on ourselves and other people and no matter what we're going through and of course it's very hard for me to resonate with people who for example are in very various stages of I don't know cancers and uh, and maybe going through difficult I mean I've seen share people of uh, share number of people suffering um, I've uh, including my dad and including my mom and, uh, and and there is a question why they had to suffer um, and what is the point of that suffering and honestly um, you know I believe that is part of life nobody promised us <laughs> the happy life 100% all the time right so is the question how I accept how can I accept the suffering uh, and how can how can I live with this with diagnosis and how I can make it the way um, that people around me are okay with it too right because it affects them as well 
And I think I've learned so much about myself through my diabetes because there are times when I suffer greatly and I forget that I have it. And I try to think like, oh, okay, I'm fine. But I know that it is life-limited condition, no matter how much I try this to be as normal as possible. Um, you know, I don't know what the future is going to bring. But I want to finish on a positive note. I think when you have the diagnosis, um, and of course, diagnoses are different uh, for different people. I think, you know, it's okay to feel sad. It's okay, it's okay to feel uh, disappointed. It's okay to feel low for a few days. But put your feelings on the paper and then put yourself in the kind of action. Maybe you need a break to take some action. Or maybe you need to think about how you want to deal with it. Maybe you need some help. So, of course, uh, um, if it is pre-diabetic condition, I'm here to help for sure. I've been through this uh, with many patients. Uh, but, of course, I'm, I'm living through diabetes every day. And, and sometimes I don't understand my glucose levels, why on earth they are like that. Um so I definitely can resonate on that uh, mental health level. And I also resonate uh, with people in terms of the future, right? We want to have and be our healthiest version of ourselves. And with diagnosis, sometimes it feels like, um, I don't know now whether it's going to be possible. But I can totally tell you that in most of the cases, it is possible. It really is. And it's a matter of... Um, you know, it's not about toxic positive. Yes, I'm going to just stay positive. But I think you can always find something positive in it, right? Uh, so that you can go through this experience with an open mind. And a, a massive inspiration is obviously Dame Deborah James. She uh, died at the age of 40 from bowel cancer. Like many friends she had uh, when met her met them in a similar condition they also died really young women which is really scary but she made so much good for people to first of all um, go and check themselves out or basically be aware of the symptoms and check themselves out so that um, if there is anything it can be discovered and we have the family in the family we have a surgeon who actually is doing this kind of checkups. Um, and and a lot of this can be caught very, very early. And he, he does it all the time. And he basically helps people to, uh, you know, identify early symptoms uh, and put them at a peace of mind. Some people want to know, some people don't want to know. I would like to know if I have to do for a scan or a check, um, because it is due to my, my age, I will go and do it and then I'll make a decision what I want to do with it. But I feel like uh, I'm very careful, observant of my body and my body symptoms, right? So I would definitely, I'm, I'm pretty much up to uh, up to date with all my checkups. I think they are important, uh, especially for me. Um, and uh, because I'm here to live hopefully still for uh, quite a few years with my husband. We still want to enjoy our life. And I'm here for my daughter. I don't want to go too early because I have her and I just don't want to, I want to be there for her. So that's important. And mental health is so important, really is important. And, um, you know, um, Deborah James, she was a very positive person, but she had difficult moments and there is a documentary in her own words now available to watch I think on Netflix 
and um and it's a wonderful story because she has made so much for uh, bowel uh, cancer awareness right it's just like if she would just say I can't do this. I mean, she had a specific personality. She was a performer. So nobody expects that from you. Uh, but I think it's beautiful that when some people decide to do it, and, and although it is very tough for them at times, I'm sure, um, they they go through it and tell other people about it and serve as an inspiration. So that's it for today. Diagnosis for me is not the end of the world, uh, no matter what it is. I'm preparing myself. Now, you can only be prepared to a certain extent, right? When it comes to myself, I feel like I'm ready and prepared, whatever comes. When it comes to my daughter, it's a different story. That would devastate me a lot. So I think I'm okay about myself. I'm not okay about other people yet. Like, you know, in a, in a sense, like, I, I, it's just you cannot be ready. Like, you are never ready for that. And you don't want to hear it. And you don't want to know. Um, but unfortunately, sometimes it does happen. But I want to finish on a positive note. So diagnosis is not the end of the world. A lot of people survive cancers and reverse type 2 diabetes and pre-diabetic conditions. Uh, we just have to learn to read the symptoms early enough so that we can do something about it. Then they don't grow. And you know how you go and in, get into the overgrown garden who nobody has been looking for the last 10 years. It's a very difficult job to do anything pretty with it. Uh, it will take a lot of a lot of days and weeks and months to actually do something with it. But when you start, you know, taking out the weeds as early as possible, then you will have a pretty garden very soon, right? So um, I think I will leave the garden <laughs> analogy with you. I absolutely love this time of the year, although I would love this to be warmer. It really is cold. It's cold in Poland, which is very unusual. And but the greenery is is so kind of the nice green color like it's it's not too cold um but it's very wet here in uk so our garden is absolutely now being beautiful green color and all of the flowers are coming out i just wish there could be a little bit more sun and we are there so look after yourself as you would look after a beautiful beautiful garden with all the flowers and and bees and birds in it um and and i'm wishing you all the best and if you have any questions do let me know you can uh, check my link to my website i have a video recorded about the frequently asked questions when you are diagnosed or generally you want to know this is based on research on really vetted information and obviously on the experience as well take care and have a lovely lovely week